0: either one of these any good wow this is a good movie it's pretty good well the director from yesterday doesn't think so it stinks you sorry (laughs) you waste all our film
1: it's so bad
0: welcome back into the screening room apologies for our absence last week we were called out of town we were called out of town but we're back back with some uh, brand new flicks to check out both uh, in the theaters and on streaming. So uh, let's get at it. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from madwolf.com. Let's start with the latest Marvel release. Cassie Webb is a New York paramedic who begins to demonstrate signs of clairvoyance. Forced to challenge revelations, she needs to safeguard three young women from a deadly adversary who wants them destroyed. It's Madam Webb.
1: You don't think this is weird, how we're all connected? It's honestly, like, the least weird thing that's happened all day. What do you want?
0: I have no idea what those girls have
1: me? I think he can see into the future. Are you He's trying to change what happens. Julia, get down! Why aren't you scared of Why do you care for me? Your future was almost so different. Why do we... If you want to live,
0: you have to trust me. Believe. Showing off, maybe a little. You know what we say often, George? No, it comes down to the writing. It does come down to the writing. We've said it for a while. I mean, that's not making some big discovery. It's, no. it's pretty simple.
1: But it's very hard to make a decent movie out of a badly written script.
0: That is very true. That hampers you from the start, and this movie is just getting raked over the coals. Um, you know, sometimes when bad reviews come out people step over themselves trying to see who can be the most vicious this pylon pylon i think some of that's happening here i mean this is not a good movie it is not it's not
1: it's boring
0: it's boring is it an you know all-time stinker probably not i mean no. i've seen worse but
1: but it's from the writers of morbius that's, so boy, I mean, how did they get another that's job that's the first
0: thing i mean you look at the at the resume of a couple of these writers and first of all gods of egypt now that that was one of the worst movies I had seen oh, yeah. in many a year. Yeah, and then Morbius. Yeah, yeah. So not just, like, not good.
1: One of the like one one that you point to as yeah. being an unexpected catastrophic bomb yeah. in terms of it superhero movies. It is. It movies. is
0: curious. Uh, so that's where it starts. The script here is is a problem. Um, I I assume, like we said before, we're we're not comic book people, but I guess this is a comic comic uh, storyline, yeah. comic yeah. Uh, characters. Mm-hmm. Madam Web. Yeah, Dakota Johnson stars as Cassie Webb, and she's this. She is this paramedic and she starts to be able to see a few seconds into the future and those visions let her know that these three teen girls played by Sydney Sweeney, Isabella Merced and Celeste O'Connor all good that their lives are in danger from this supervillain named Ezekiel Sims, who, by the way, is played by Tahar Rahim, who, oh. man, he's from A Prophet yes. and The Past, yes. and he was in The Mar- Mauritanian. Good, yeah, good actor. Yeah, he's always good. Yeah, he's so, th- I so mean, there's, there's talent here yes. in this cast saddled with a bad script. Anyway, he's a supervillain, and uh, Dakota Cassie is seeing in these visions that he is going to kill these three girls. She doesn't know why, but it turns out it's because he's having visions that they are in the future going to kill him. So he wants to kill them first. And what Dakota doesn't know is that supervillain has some connection to her mother, who years ago when she was pregnant with Dakota was studying these super powerful Peruvian spiders when she mysteriously passed away. So you got all that going on.
1: Cassie doesn't know that, but we all know that from the really bad trailer.
0: Yeah, that's part of it. So. She knows right away she gets a bond. She starts forming a bond with these teen girls, although they really don't. They kind of know her from, from passing encounters, but they start trusting her a little bit more because she gets them out of deadly situations. <laughs> and they don't know why this guy is trying to kill her. So you get a lot of that. Now, this is a, an origin story. So one of the inherent drawbacks for a lot of origin story movies is the amount of exposition yeah. you have to set up the background yep. of, of these uh, characters and not too many people. It's just not like a Bi- Batman or a Superman. We don't really know Madam Web, right. most of us. So we have to learn about it. And boy, a lot of it is just you get really convenient visions where she's just told everything, every question that she might have. Oh, let's get a vision and tell everybody yeah. what we need. Uh, pretty convenient. And a lot of the dialogue is clunky. I think Dakota Johnson is pretty good in this. She's One of the best things about the movie because she becomes I mean, she's not that old, but she becomes a bit of a mother figure to these teenage girls. And I think she's kind of like, oh, am I old enough to be a mother figure (laughs) to these teens? So you get that sort of attitude about it. And then she and she handles it, handles it well, handles it very naturally. But, yeah, the big problem. Not a lot happens as far as you come to a a superhero movie and you're looking for action, superhero action. There's not a lot of it. I mean, the, the, the villain comes to kill these girls and Cassie manages to get them out of it, but you're expecting at some point for everybody to get in their suits that you see in the trailer. It really doesn't ever happen until you get to the very, 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 very end and you're looking ahead into the future. What I think they're probably trying to... To uh, set up a franchise franchise for later. We'll see this later. You don't get it now. And you also don't get, surprisingly, I think, you don't get anything in the credits. Because if you're paying attention, and you really don't have to pay attention that closely, but they tease, they set up a major revelation, I guess, that will tie this directly in with the Spider-Man franchise. And that's why this is set in the early 2000s. Another another convenient thing is you don't have to worry about smartphones too much. They were just coming out in the mm-hmm. early 2000s. Not a deal. Well, everybody had one, so that's always nice for a for a movie when you don't have to deal with that problem. Yeah. But also, there's another reason why that would be that would be important. But they don't. I expected that to come in the credits. They're just going to go ahead and say and give away what is pretty apparent. But they don't.
1: Which is funny because it is very unusual for a Marvel film not to have any stingers.
0: Yeah, it is, and this has none. It doesn't. Um, and and again, the cast is pretty solid. Um, with Dakota at the top, and then Adam Scott uh, plays her partner, mm-hmm. who is uh, her partner in the paramedics. And then you've got his sister, is played by Emma Roberts, and she's pregnant at the time. And again, this is this is a part where she's probably going to play more of a role in the next movie. If there is one, because you wonder Emma Roberts doesn't have much to do. And then also you've got Zoisha Mamet, who just plays this assistant of Ezekiel Sims, the the villain. And all she does in the entire movie is sit. It looks like maybe in his apartment or his office in front of this massive bank of computer screens, just surveilling everyone. So he can try to find these three teenage girls to kill them. That's, the only thing you ever see her character do, so there's just a lot of problematic storytelling, yeah, um, very convenient, very lazy for a superhero, yeah, just boring, yeah, just boring, it's just boring it also I don't think it looks great now, I will say maybe this was in the screening that that we saw, but and this bugs me, you know, I catch this, and I it do. bugs the crap yes. out of me. The audio track was just a half a second behind, yeah, that and so probably was our screening. Probably, but you never know. I don't want to, you know, cast dispersions on mm-hmm. the entire film because I doubt that. But uh, at least in our screening, it was, and boy, that just drives me batty. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, just the main thing. I mean, one of the worst things I guess a movie can be, especially a superhero movie, is boring, and this yeah. one just is. It is just not enough happens, and they're really just hoping that you're interested enough to come back for. The next one, which may or may not happen, depending, probably not Not like there's
1: going to be a Morbius sequel.
0: That's true. (laughs) But but yeah, again, another case, a real classic case of it all starts with the writing and how this this script got the go ahead. Um, That's the biggest problem. S.J. Clarkson is the director. But man, it all comes back to the script. And this is this is not a good one. And this uh, smells like uh, a stinker, unfortunately. And that is Madam Web. It is out in theaters now. Let's stay on the big screen and lively up ourselves. This is the story of how reggae icon Bob Marley overcame adversity and the journey behind his revolutionary music. It's Bob Marley, One Love. There's a war going on. Oh, I can't bring peace. I can't even get peace for myself.
1: Rise up this morning. Smile with the rising sun. Freely Sometimes the messenger has to become the message.
0: Bob, I know it's dangerous. But you're the only one who can unite the people. You're ready, Bob. No guns can stop this message. the world to change. And that time is now.
1: Let's begin by pointing out that there is a great documentary from Kevin McDonald from 2012, Marley, that you could check out if you are a huge fan or if this movie turns you into a big fan.
0: Exactly. And that's a I think that's, I remember seeing that. It's about three hours long. And uh, I think they released it again after 2012. So it's out there. Mm-hmm. It should be easy to find. But this is the uh, narrative version. And the uh, the director is Ronaldo Marcus Green, who just did King Richard. He did. And you've got an executive producer, Brad Pitt. Yep. He's involved as well. And the Marley family is on board.
1: Yes. Well, uh, Ziggy Marley, Rita Marley, a couple of, other, of the other Marley children are all uh, listed as producers. And on the one hand, that's nice to see because you don't want... You know, you you want to to feel some authenticity. On the other hand, I think what comes with that, as it did in, for example, Bohemian Rhapsody, Mm -hmm. is the um, potential that the uh, iconic lead sort of uh, persona is going to be soft-pedaled a little bit. Right, exactly. that that is the case here, I think.
0: Yeah, and the biggest thing in a movie like this, you also want to guarantee that you can use the music— Now, anymore, you don't know. You don't automatically, you can't automatically assume, well, the family owns the rights to the music because that's so often not the case anymore. But you want, you need the music. Right. And yeah, but when you get the blessing of the family where they're involved, there is the danger of that. Now, that's why it's one of the things that made the Elton John movie so nice because he was totally the other way. Yes, he was. You got to show, you know, warts and all and make it an R-rated movie and the movie was better for it
1: so much better so for it. much better i for mean it. i think it's a great point because i think that is probably the one of the reasons that that movie stands above so many other musician mm-hmm. biopics yeah not just the approach which was a brilliant approach that they took but because you know to get the use of the music and you have to have it then you have to have the buy-in of whoever owns the rights to the music and very often you know i you know i feel like they're afraid they see it as a vehicle to resell the music yeah. and they're afraid that if you don't like the character you're not going to buy the music right
0: and that's why we didn't like bohemian rhapsody yeah. and i know people love the movie yeah. and that's great but as a film it is really safe and really weak anyway
1: let's go back to this movie that's right so <laughs> this movie does suffer a little bit from that to be honest with you it feels it feels uh, first of all a bit superficial you know because for one thing and and that's not entirely the fault of the filmmakers because Regardless of the fact that Bob Marley died tragically at 36, yeah, what all was packed into that 36 years is quite amazing. I mean, you would you would really have to cherry pick just to make it, uh, uh you know, a manageable running time. So I understand that we don't get to see everything. I do, um, but. So it's not so much that. And again, the music is great. It's great music. It reminds you of how great the music is. It absolutely makes you want to dust off your copy of Exodus. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's there's no question about that. And one of the things I appreciate the most about the movie is very often in films like this and biopics, you know, the there's, there's a put-upon wife role. Right. And it's really to sort of prop up the problems that the lead goes through. Mm-hmm. But in this case... That role went to Lashana Lynch, who is just ferocity and action in everything she does.
0: And we haven't even mentioned Kingsley Benadire; he plays Bob, he plays Marley. Bob Marley, very and, good as well. And
1: and his his approach is sort of all tenderness, and but so the two of them together, like yin and yang. Yeah, she's all yeah. ferocious, and he's all tender, and it's very, it's I mean, it's 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 very compelling in that way. And it is a massive ensemble; everybody's quite good. But the only, the, I mean, the only real issue, aside from the fact that, I mean, they can't cover everything uh, sort of stunning that he went through in his life or that he was a part of in his life, but they definitely don't, they don't show a lot of rough edges. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he comes off as being, uh, you know, a little bit almost sort of messianic. And and, uh, and I know that that's kind of what they were trying to say because he, he, is, he is so much more important than people realize he, he was. Right. But he also had a lot of edges to him, and you don't see any of those. There's one part where he throws a little bit of a temper tantrum, but it's not that yeah. bad. It's like, you know, it's really not. And 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 so, to me, that really is... I know it's done to be respectful, but I don't think it is respectful to not let a person show everything of who they are. It's like saying... You know, we didn't like that part, so we're going to pretend it didn't happen, yeah. which is to say we don't like, we don't respect all of it anyway. This, um,
0: yeah, that's uh, that's a very valid point. And going back to what we were talking about with uh, with Madam Webb and the writing, this one benefits from a writing team that has a better resume. One of the writers, Terrence Winter, uh, wrote on The Sopranos, he wrote uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, wrote on Boardwalk Empire, so yeah. some quality there. So yes. again, he there's a couple other writers involved too, but. Um, You get a better start by having a better script, even if maybe they were limited in what they could write. We don't know that. We're just kind of assuming. But uh, it always starts there. And uh, even if it isn't one of those that gives you that full, totally well-rounded look at the person, i.e. a rocket man, it's still satisfying.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, it is. It's a nice movie. It's a lovely movie. Um, you know, and then over the end credits, there's a lot of actual footage of Bob Marley. There's more facts about his life and about his death. And it does, you know, as I was leaving, uh, you know, uh, the woman in front of me was crying. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it is. Yeah. It's, a, it's an emotional film. It's lovely. And again, the performances, especially Lashana Lynch, really
0: impressive. And that is playing in only in theater starting this weekend. Bob Marley, one love. Next up, a set of films, set of three films that we're glad to see getting a wide release this weekend. It's one of our our favorites uh, every year at this time. You get to see the Oscar-nominated shorts on the big screen. Every morning, our eyelids peel back to let in the sunlight. We are striving to forge our union with... Purpose. It is one of the best things that humans do. Because after all, we're all one big family.
1: Bad books and burning books are the same. It just feels good to know that you have something that is yours that nobody can take away.
0: And so we lift our gaze not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. Change my life. Yeah, it's been really nice to see these get more exposure over the last several years. The short films in general, because we've talked many times about back when we were kids and watching the Oscars and they would give these Oscars to the short films and always thinking, oh, how do how do I see these?
1: Because they always look so delightful. I know. <laughs> You'd see the little clip before they, well, you're yeah. like, I want to watch that. Yeah,
0: and so since then, now you've got Shorts TV mm-hmm. out there, and in the last several years, they've been packaging these programs and getting them out to the big screen. So you can pick, you know, the animated, the live-action block, or the documentary block, and there's five um, Oscar-nominated Shorts. And then, if the running times of the five do not add up to feature length, you'll get a few more other great short films as well.
1: Right. So, for example, in the animated block, there are two additional shorts you yeah. get to see. They're not nominated for Oscars. They obviously were on the short list. They're both spectacular.
0: They're, but all these programs are worth it. I mean, uh, in the live action block, you'll see some familiar faces mm-hmm. popping up. David Oyelowo is in one of them, uh, Brittany Snow mm-hmm. is in one of mm-hmm. them. A couple of them, including the Britney Snow one, brings a major twist—a major twist. So even short films can do oh, that. Yeah. Just turn your head around and pack a punch, and and they're all good. Um, the the animated films, like you were saying, you expected the animated films to bring a little more frivolity than yes. they did.
1: Usually, cartoons—at least some—would be happy. Yeah, they're they're wonderful. They're brilliant. They have your Kleenex handy, man, mm-hmm. because yeah, they. They are out for
0: tears. (laughs) And then you'll see um, the the one the main film of the three that um, Wes Anderson did last year. The wonderful story of Henry Sugar. Mm -hmm. That's nominated. That one's delightful. It is delightful. And then you've got, you know, in the documentary block. You've got some really informative uh, films. The the filmmakers that did the Oscar nominated short uh, Concerto is a conversation. They're back this year. Another one. revolving around music Uh and a repair shop, a musical instrument repair shop in L.A. They're just all of them are just wonderful. Yes. Yes. Some are going to tug at your heart for sure. Oh, yeah. But uh, they are really worth it. So if you really want a chance to see these, a rare chance to see these on the big screen, uh, check them out. Hopefully they're in your area. But they're the Oscar nominated shorts for live action, for documentary and for animated. Big uh, recommendation for all three this weekend. Got a family affair next on VOD. A father takes his estranged daughter on a road trip in an effort to get her out of trouble. Along the way, they meet all types of strangers as their strained relationship is put to the test. This is Bleeding Love.
1: Trust me, this path you're on, it's not worth it. Why do you care? You're an addict. Guess who I've learned that from? I've been there, and um, my life started to slip away. I just couldn't stop. I didn't really know what it meant to be
0: a father. But I would like to get to know you.
1: Why would I ever trust you? You've never been there for me, Dad. I'm just trying to find my daughter. of life
0: there's something greater something better
1: so this playing the father and daughter on the road trip in this film are father and daughter ewan mcgregor and clara mcgregor which is quite charming and ewan mcgregor is his big smile just gets to me i love him and he um he does a great job they have a great rapport obviously the movie uh, strains a little bit uh, Christy Robb reviewed this one for us on on madwolf.com and you know what they he she thinks they're just on a road trip and he knows that he's taking her to rehab and the reason that she needs to go to rehab is because he is a recovering alcoholic and addict and so when he was when she was little in a you know a youngster that's when he was at his most gregarious and fun but that's of course when he was still actively addicted which which has clearly had an impact on her so um as as great as they are in the car together the the the, the film kind of strange credibility after a while but it's still well worth seeing and the two of them are great together
0: yeah and this is really the first time they've worked together in major roles because she had a small part, I believe, in Christopher Robin a few mm-hmm. years ago. But they're, they're, they're the leads, obviously. And um, she's had, a, she's had a several acting parts before this. So it's kind of inevitable that would leave, lead up to this. It's directed by Emma Westenberg and the, one of the co-writers Vera Boulder. She's got a small uh, part in it as well. And soap opera fans will like to see Kim Zimmer is in this. Long time on Guiding Light, and she was the other friend, the very pivotal role in Body Heat. Remember that? Yeah, Yeah, Kim Zimmer pops up in this too. So (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) But uh, yeah, very interesting. And it uh, uh, reminded Christy a lot of that old commercial about how did I who taught you to use these drugs? I learned about watching you. Yeah. That sort of thing. So check out Christy's review. You can find it at madwolf.com. But that is on VOD uh, now. Ewan and Clara McGregor in Bleeding Love. And one more this week on VOD, a mystery sci-fi thriller. A headstrong journalist with an investigative podcast uncovers a strange artifact, an alien conspiracy, and the lies at the heart of her own story. This is called Monolith. Monolith. My I had a very strange vision. I
1: don't you know if you're having these visions.
0: Some bricks have really got under your skin, haven't they? This is some kind of sick joke.
1: You need to be careful. Something
0: awful is coming.
1: I listened to the new episode. You sounded kinda of messed up. <laughs>
0: Being like a disease, any of us could be next.
1: I want to tell you a story. All you have to do is listen. Brandon Thomas reviewed this one for us and loved it. Four and a half stars out of five from Monolith. And here's what is the most impressive thing to me, because you can conjure maybe three or four others that have managed to do this. This is essentially a one-person show. Yep. The only person you see on screen the entire film, Lily Sullivan, who we just saw last year in Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. You know, and how often, Robert Redford did it, uh, Tom Hardy did it, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Reynolds did tough. it. tough. But it, it, they're like years and years apart. This very rarely happens.
0: You know anymore. who else did it? Kat McAlpine did it in our short film, Godspeed. That's right. <laughs> Kat McAlpine did do it. And it's
1: a lot to put it on one actor's it shoulders. Is. But it... she just nails it. At no point are you bored. Not, a, not It doesn't drag for a second.
0: Right, because our film did it for nine minutes. This is an hour and a half. Yeah, and very different. Credit to the performance, credit to the writer, Lucy Campbell, and the director, Matt Vesely. And also, for, for people maybe like me who are such huge fans of 2001, you just say the word monolith and you're in a territory that <laughs> conjures up expectations. It does. It does. It does. It does. You're going to say monolith and then it's a much smaller in this one. It's just a black brick, but mm-hmm. still yeah. you're, and this one is able to even to go into that neighborhood and come out with its head held high.
1: Oh yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Uh, it's weird and it's just a, just a stunning performance. It's just a really amazing piece of cinema.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the things that, that Brandon pointed out that I was glad to see as well, that, it doesn't it doesn't spoon-feed it doesn't tie anything up with a nice red bow at the yeah. end but it still packs a major punch yes. once the reveal is revealed so yeah. big recommendation that's on VOD now and it's called Monolith.
1: Honestly that would be our biggest recommendation this week.
0: Yeah I would think so. Yeah. All right, so we couldn't check in with uh, The Schlocketeer. Hopefully, we'll get things straightened out for next week. But uh, we look ahead to next week. And a big one, I think we're going to see this here in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Uh, The new one, I'm excited about this. New one called Drive Away Dolls.
1: Yes, also Ordinary Angels.
0: A new documentary from Rob Reiner called God and Country.
1: A new creepy horror film called Stop Motion.
0: Yeah, also uh, Perfect Days. To Kill a Tiger. History of Evil. Lovely Dark and Deep. And one called Bad Shepherd. So that's all next week. But what do you think about this week? Madam Webb, are we off? Is everybody off track? Do you love it? That's fine. I uh, love <laughs> to keep the conversation going, or the Bob Marley movie, or the Oscar nominated shorts. Check those out if you can. Uh, we always like to keep the conversation going. You can find us easily on Twitter. That's at uh, Mad Wolf, M A D D W O L F. Also on Facebook and Instagram, it is, and Threads, it's Mad Wolf Columbus. Uh, the main website where you can find our other podcast as well our Fright Club podcast horror movies only a new one just about to drop by the way that's all at MadWolf.com all of our written reviews are there as well so plenty of ways to connect plenty of ways to keep in touch we hope you will until next week enjoy the movies be well and uh, she is Hope Mad. he's George Wolf, and this is the Screening Room Podcast see ya I do wish we could chat longer but I'm having an old friend for dinner Okay everybody,
1: that's a wrap.